Hey everybody, welcome into the latest edition of the Pokescast, production of the Casper Star Tribune and Pokes Authority. I am Davis Potter, Wyoming beat writer for the Star Tribune, and I'm joined, as usual, by our wire varsity preps writer, Brady Oltmans, who is up on the phone in Casper. Brady, word. Hey man, what's 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 crapping? Uh, well, it's uh, the down, the downtime was nice, but uh, it's it's game week again for Wyoming, and uh, just need to uh, apologize to some of our listeners first because for this uh, this deep uh, congested voice I have, I've been fighting a cold uh, ever since the end of last week that I'm trying to uh, get over before I uh, get on the plane to head out to San Diego later this week. So I'm uh, I'm down in some uh, mucinex and orange juice. I don't know if that's uh, the right the uh, healing combination, but. I'm giving it a try. Hey, our, our listeners could definitely shout you out their best advice for that because uh, there's there's something certain about a Wyoming cold that uh, there's probably a, a good recipe for success against. Yeah, probably so. I'm I, like I've been here a year now, which is I mean it, that by itself is just hard for me to believe. Uh, <laughs> it's just flowing by, but like I still have to. I still have to get used to the fact that it, it it can drop like, you know, late summer to fall here. It can go from like, like last week it went from like 60, 65 degrees to like 50 with like a 25 mile an hour wind, like in one day. And I went out, I went out to our practice one day in like shorts and a t-shirt. And that's probably what did it. But yep. yeah, I'm, for sure. For <clears throat> but, sure. Yeah. Anyway, um, but we are uh, pressing on here and uh, going to uh, talk a little Wyoming-San Diego State uh, as Wyoming travels uh, to San Diego this week for uh, their second uh, conference game and a matchup of uh, four and one teams. And kickoff is Saturday night, uh, late, late night kickoff. Uh, that'll be uh, seven seven thirty <laughs> Pacific, which is uh, eight thirty here local time in uh, in Wyoming. So uh, you might have to uh, take a nap during the day to uh, stay up for that one if you're uh, if you're so inclined to to watch that. But um, gonna be gonna be an interesting one, uh, just because I think these teams are so similar. I mean, these are almost mirror images of each other. Two teams that. Uh, you know, offensively love to run the ball, try to sort of pound you into submission and, uh, you know, and then work the play action pass off of that. And then defensively, uh, two very fast, aggressive athletic defenses that, you know, like to cre- uh, create havoc at the line of scrimmage. And, um, you know, particularly this year with Wyoming using some more of their press- pressure packages um, to, uh, you know, to create some more pressure, get more pressure on the quarterback, get some more sacks. I mean, they've already – Surpass their sack total from all of last season, just in five games. So uh, that gives you some indication of just how destructive they've been. And then uh, San Diego State, um, they are top ten in the country in tackles for loss, and they have got the number one rush defense in the country. And that is what Wyoming has to face uh, this week. And to me, that is the matchup in this game because Wyoming, y'all know, love to run the ball. That's sort of what almost the um, you know, lone uh, dimension that they have offensively right now with the passing game just being as inconsistent as it is. You know, they want to try to line up 
run the ball, um, especially, particularly in this game against this defense. You know, stay ahead of the chains, stay in manageable third downs. Um, you know, third and try to set up some thir- second and shorts, third third and shorts, because um, they have not very been very good on third down this year uh, and sustaining drives. Uh, I think they're bottom third in the FBS uh, in third down conversion rate. So. Um, you know, and, and against this San Diego State defense, I don't see them being able – you know, Wyoming's really been a big play offense this year in the running game. I mean, they've got um, – I think they've got 14 touchdown runs this season, and five of those have been uh, for 33 yards or more. So, uh, you know, that's more than a third of, of your touchdown runs um, being really explosive plays. But with with this San Diego State defense, I mean, they're holding teams to 45 yards rushing per game. I mean, that, that's, that's better than even some of those Alabama defenses of, you know, four or five years ago when they were, when they were rolling under uh, Nick Saban and those national title teams. But, um, you know, it just crazy number that they're holding teams to and held Colorado State to 18 yards rushing last week. So um, going to be a huge challenge uh, for this Wyoming running game. Yeah, no, that's, like you said, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how the teams just how especially Craig Bull uh, looks at weaknesses and things that he can exploit uh, because they are such mirror images. I mean, one of the things, and you wrote about it a little bit this week. One of the things that is kind of working in Wyoming's favor is that a lot of the guys who went through concussion protocol are should be good enough to go for the San Diego State. And you know, aside from kind of the long term injuries, they will have pretty much everybody back to full health. So that's a good thing for the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, because it, it, when it comes to the attack or when it comes to offense, w- I think Wyoming really showed its struggles on the offensive line. Too many holding calls, but that's because they, you know, they were a, a mash unit of an offensive line. And when you've got inexperienced young guys having to stop, you know, like a Tulsa defensive line and pressure, they're gonna hold. You know, it's just it's just the, yeah. the way it is. So that's. That's going to be good for them on offense. And, yeah, like you were saying, um, kind of alluding to on defense, it's just pressure, man. It's just – it's it's gut check time. I mean, they kind of – honestly, they surpassed my expectations in the, in the non-conference. Sure, they lost to Tulsa, but if you would have plotted out this, you know, this offseason or this non-conference season to me before the season started, I would have absolutely been blown away and called you a liar. So I'm – Having said that, though, if these guys want to win a conference championship, like make no mistake, that's their goal every single year. It starts now, basically. And yeah, they've—you can call UNLV a, a game, I guess. But this—this this is where it—this is where the groundwork is really laid. And San Diego State's been one of the premier programs in the conference, so you're going to have to go in and get them. And with them. Being such a, a similar matchup with Wyoming, Wyoming's gonna—I don't want to say out, uh, out aggressive them, because that's a stupid way of saying it. But they're gonna have to. I mean, they're gonna—they're not gonna win, beat San Diego State by playing it safe or by by playing conservative. They're going to have to do it by being smart, maybe, and just knowing their spots of when to be aggressive, and. If if you can ground San Diego State, but get those big old that improved defensive line active, get those linebackers moving, boy, that's uh, 
on paper, to me right now, that sure sounds like a good way to get started. Yeah. You know, it's when you see it like that with their running game, um, you know, going up against the San Diego State defense, um, it's going to be interesting because uh, when you look at some of the, the best defenses that Wyoming's played to this point, I, I think. I think even better than Missouri, I think this San Diego State defense is, is the best that Wyoming has seen to this point. And, uh, you know, Texas but Texas State, you know, a game they had to come back in the second half and get the uh, pick six from Tyler Hall really to uh, change the momentum of that game. They didn't run the ball very well. Uh, Tulsa, which has a really a really solid defense, um, minus the fourth quarter that uh, they played against Tulsa the other night where they gave up like 21 points in 10 minutes. But, um, you know, Wyoming had a – Season low in rushing yards, I think 154, somewhere around there in that game. Um, so, you know, this is going to be a team, man, where, uh, you know, San Diego State's not going to miss those tackles. When you get one-on-one with, with some guys, um, you know, th- those guys are going to make those plays. Uh, and, you know, for Wyoming, you just – this is a game – because I, I think, uh, like I mentioned on the, on the podcast last week um, – you know, I think this is really going to be a slugfest thing. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all if this thing's like 13 to 10, 16 to 13, somewhere around there where, you know, it, you, you know, it, it's one play, one or two plays late in the fourth quarter that, that decides this thing because, you know, Wyoming stops a run too as well. It's just, you know, they're only giving up 83 yards a game. I mean, they're, they're top 10 in the country in rush defense, but, you know, they just get overshadowed in this game because San Diego State is the best in the country. I mean, they, they've just been so much – better than just about everybody else. I mean, they're one of two teams, uh, Wisconsin being the other one, that are holding teams to less than 50 yards rushing per game uh, in, the, in the whole FBS. So, um, but, yeah. you know, Wyoming's going to be able I – don't, I don't think, um, you know, San Diego State's going to be able to do a whole lot on, on offense. You know, they're, you know, San Diego State is uh, – you know, they've been a team similar to Wyoming in, in recent years that's just, uh, you know, wanted to run the ball – um, you know, and, and run play action off of that, but their running game hasn't been that good, even you know, because um, one of the main reasons for that is is Jawan Johnson, their their senior running back. Um, he's been dealing with an ankle injury, I think, since the first game of the year, and and missed a couple games earlier this season. And he came back against uh, Colorado State last week and had had eighty something yards. I mean, he had a he had a pretty decent game game for himself, but um, you know, he just hasn't been one hundred percent all year. So I think. Both offenses are probably going to struggle in this game, and then, but you know, for Wyoming to be able to win a close game like this, are they going to be able to complete enough passes to where they can loosen that San Diego State defense up just enough to maybe crack one, to maybe hit one with 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 Sean Chambers or or Titus Swin or Xavier Valade, um, who should be as healthy as he's been in a while, you know, with the ankle injury he's been dealing with coming off the bye week, but um, you know. In these close games, man, it, you're gonna it, it's it's one, two, three plays that late that's gonna make the difference. And you know, I just wonder if if Wyoming is is going to be able to uh, you know c- complete enough passes to at least make San Diego State respect that and at least think about it. Because I, I mean, I would be shocked if San Diego State does not have eight, nine defenders in the box all game and just just make it really hard for them to run the ball. So um, we'll see. And then obviously. Uh, you know, Wyoming's been really good at creating turnovers all year, plus eight in turnover margin. You know, if they can get a couple turnovers, maybe get flip the field, set the offense up with some short fields, uh, you know, that's obviously a, a way that you can also win uh, close games, which, which I you know, fully expect this one to be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, 
it's one th- one of the things that I think I don't know if we really touched on enough, but that's definitely one of the things that is that was interesting about the offense coming in, knowing all of the weapons and Sean Chambers' second year and all of this stuff going on is I don't know if we foresaw the passing issues that he have, just like the inconsistencies through the, the air, but this is, I mean, they don't have a, cons- like a, a premier back. Like they don't have like an, an all hands on deck back, like a, a Brian Hill type running back anymore. So, it's kind of had to be. It's kind of yeah, yeah. They haven't had like a. It's all been by committee, and sure. Yeah. And all of the running backs have had have broken good runs and have had good times. But like, that's they've had to rely too much on that by committee, and it's not been able to open things up enough. Or Sean Chambers hasn't been able to complete enough passes to spread out defenses and further open up the run game and to allow be basically Wyoming's run game has just been successful right now on its own merit on just good cuts, good vision, and strong blocking. Um, now, have, yeah. having said that, Chambers can get comfortable. He can get hot on the you know on the rollouts. He can he's capable of hitting those big plays that do make a, a defense have to take a step back at the risk of giving up seven points otherwise. there He's going to have to, again, yeah. prove that. And he's probably, in all in all honesty, he's going to have to prove that in the first half because I, I firmly believe that for Wyoming to put itself in the best position, they're going to have to get solid momentum going into halftime, and they're going to have to bust, have a, at least one big play in the first half because... San Diego State is one of those teams that they... I mean, both of these teams will just kind of grind it out of you. But if you're having to play behind yeah. or struggle for confidence against a defense like that, I've, I fear that Wyoming might not come out ahead of time in, in that scenario, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, th- this could be a game where both of these teams just run it 50 times and uh, that game's over in two and a half hours, which I wouldn't be opposed to, uh, considering <laughs> <laughs> the time that game's kicking off. But... Um, yeah, I, I don't Playing the old the old Glen Rock ball. Yeah, um, but I, I don't know if any either team's really going to establish a whole lot of momentum in this game because I just like I said I just don't I think this is going to be uh, a game dominated by the defenses uh, and it, it could be as as simple as uh, you know one big pass play or one big you know break one run or you know just simply winning the turnover margin uh, you know or and getting a late turnover. Um, you know, to decide it. I mean, I, I really think this could be a game that is decided by uh, a handful of plays when it comes down to it. But uh, it'll be interesting to see, possibly, you know, with, with the with the bye week and the extra time to prepare for this. If if Wyoming doesn't come out throwing first to try to, um, you know, and throw to try to set up the run and loosen San Diego State's defense up from the get go, because that's sort of what they did against uh, Tulsa. You, um, you know, Sean Chambers. Uh, they they threw it. Uh, I think the first uh, three of the first four plays in that game, and Sean Chambers actually completed his thir- first three passes before uh, things kind of went down downhill, and they got gotten the uh, the usual rut that their passing offense does. But um, yeah, it'd be uh, probably not because that's just that that's that's not something <laughs> that's uh, you know been a trend under Craig Bowl and Brent Vegan, um, but. I don't know. I, I think that's something maybe to watch for, just to see if they might try something different and try to, you know, use the pass to, to set up the run. But, um, you know, it, it just sort of be interesting to see uh, see what happens. But uh, yeah, it should it should be a really good game. And 
And uh, like I sort of alluded to on, on last week's podcast, man, if they can find a way to pull this one out, uh, regardless of how it looks, if you can get out of San Diego with the with a W, if you're Wyoming, um, I don't see any reason why you can't be seven and one and almost and be bowl eligible before November gets here, considering what you have the next two games uh, coming up with New Mexico and Nevada at home. I mean, you're you're setting yourself up for something if you can pull this win out. Um, you know, to be bowl eligible before November even gets here. Yeah, what was it? It was one thing an old assistant coach of mine once said. They're called 1.30 a.m. wins. They aren't pretty, but they're good enough for me. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Brady, why'd you, have to, why'd you have to do that? Why'd you have to pull that out? I bring the content, my guy. I bring the content. <laughs> you're, just giving the, you're just giving the people the uh, content they crave, right? It, this it's not the content we need, but it's the content we deserve at this point, basically. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, Wyoming, San Diego State again Saturday night in San Diego, uh, seven thirty Pacific time, eight thirty Mountain time. That game it'll be uh, shown on uh, CBS Sports Network. So, Brady, let's go ahead and take a break, uh, and then when we come back on the other side, we'll uh, take a look at uh, some of the group of five teams in the rankings and uh, see how that might shake out over the course of the rest of the year. And now, just I wanted to uh, take a look at the uh, AP poll since we are uh, almost halfway through the uh, college football season, Brady, which is crazy to think about. It feels like uh, Missouri was just here in Laramie. And I was covering that game, but um, so it's interesting because you've got from a power, or, excuse me, group of five perspective, um, you have got four teams. In uh, the latest AP poll, and Boise State is the highest ranked of those at number fourteen. And well, first of all, I'm not really sure. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and like bash anybody's individual ballot because I vote in the AP top twenty-five, and I'm sure there's people that don't agree with some of my rankings, which is fine. But uh, Boise State at number fourteen, I'm not really sure what they've done to justify that. Like, I don't. I think Boise State's a good team. I don't think they're the 14th best team in the country, and it may it may just be a thing where um, you know there's there's just been so many teams ahead of them each week that keep losing. <laughs> so it may just be uh, you know they just keep bumping them up because everybody else keeps losing uh, in front of, that was in front of them. Uh, because frankly, man, there, there's a lot of mediocrity in college football this year. Like I honestly think there's about 
five, maybe six teams that can win a national championship this year. Uh, but other than that, um, I I don't think there's teams on on that kind of level. Uh, but um, so yeah, maybe that's just what it is. But um, you know, it is it it is interesting though from the perspective of um, you know the the argument that is always there or <laughs> conversation that is always there about the group of five and are they going to be able to. Uh, you know, crack the top four if, if one of them goes undefeated. Uh, the answer to the the answer to that is no. I firmly believe, and I know me and you, Brady, have talked and argued about that forever. But um, let's not get into that uh, on this podcast. Let's just stick straight to these to these rankings. And it's just it's interesting to me, um, just because uh, with them being this high in the AP poll, and look, we'll have to see what. Um, the rankings look like uh, uh, and the college football playoff rankings that the committee puts out because obviously it's you know just because these teams particularly on the at the uh, end of the of the poll um, you know that that doesn't just because they're in the AP poll doesn't necessarily mean that some of these will be in the college football rankings playoff rankings but um, it is interesting for Boise to be um, that high in the AP poll in early October because it does make you wonder, well, if, if they're this high, if they go undefeated, um, you know, would they possibly um, get a shot at the top four? What would the committee, more importantly, how would they view them? Um, I mean, I, again, I, I don't I don't think it's that realistic, but it is interesting at least um, just because they're that high um, to see, you know, if they did run the table – uh, just where, you know, some, some of the committee members and people that vote in the college football playoff rankings, how they would value Boise State. Because, frankly, um, there's not a whole lot of substance on their schedule. They've got the win over Florida State, which, I mean, that's great. It's a Power 5 win for them. Florida State is not Florida State of the the Jimbo Fisher era, the Bobby Bowden era. I mean, everybody knows right now that Florida State's down compared to what they usually are. And they've already got two losses. And, um you know, you're, they're probably about to pick up a third because uh, they play uh, Clemson this week. Um, but it, it would be interesting just to see if if Boise State, uh, if they ran the table, kind of how the how people would view them. Yeah, I'm. I mean, not yeah, not to rehash the same old argument, but please, please don't. <laughs> but but Boise State <laughs> is one of those those group of five programs that's sort of proven themselves. Uh, their body of work going back 15 years proves that they can hang with anybody if you give them one game, you know? So I think they might be one of those group of five teams that kind of gets the benefit of the doubt. Now, like you said, their schedule, they have played some tough teams. Um, is it, would it be tough enough to break through? I don't know. And again, to your point of mediocrity, it, there, this could be a point where you do have like a couple two win teams knocking on the top three and four, and could an undefeated Boise sneak in? I don't know, but I've I don't I don't know. I think the right, well, hold on. You said what, what tough teams has Boise State played outside of Florida State? I'm I'm curious to hear this. Well, I, I, is Florida State not enough? You said teams plural with an S. So you just uh, mean Florida State? All right. Well, let me let me let's break out the schedule real quick here because yeah. I'm. Well, I can t- I can tell you who they played, and none of them are that good, or any good, um, frankly. 
I think they're a lot better than you think they are. Uh, they might look. I, they might be. My point is that I don't know what they've done to this point with the level of competition they played to justify being that high in the rankings. Um, but I don't know. I mean, Air Force is a really good team, though, man. They've got two losses. They just lost to uh, somebody last week. Navy. Yeah, but Air Force is a tough team. Okay, they might be tough. Doesn't mean they're good. I mean, I think I think they're I think they're a decent to good team in the Mountain West. But I mean. That's that's not a win that's going to help you uh, in the college football playoff rankings, right? Right. Yeah. Here, here's here's the here's the thing. If if you're Boise State, here here's the thing that you need to be rooting for. It, it, with them being 14th in, in the AP poll right now, you you need Florida State to go win out the rest of the year, beat Clemson, um, win the ACC championship. And be a top fifteen team at the end of the year. That's what you need if you're Boise State. Yeah, yeah. No, they 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 need help, but also I don't. It also gets mucky because, like we, I know when we talked about the UCF and Florida argument before, it's so difficult for some of these teams to schedule that far out. I mean, you're not talking about scheduling a game next year or two years from now. You're talking about having to schedule eight, nine years out, and you just don't know yeah. who's going to be good. You know, like right. the pre- the prestige of of the program, but you don't know the quality of the program at that time. So, yeah, it's but then again. Not a lot of teams in the in the Power Five are clamoring to play Group of Five teams because Group of Five wins don't really do them a whole lot in the grand scheme of trying to get a playoff berth, you know. But but Boise is one of those premier Group of Five programs. Any any time that they're going to go undefeated, well, they're going to. Here's here's how I should phrase it: They're going to get everybody's best shot year in year out. Not only for in the non-conference, but especially in the Mountain West. Because everybody knows that a Mountain West championship involves, between them and a championship, is Boise State. So Boise is getting the best shot from all the Mountain West teams. You can have an, an argument of, is the Mountain West you know middle of the road as good as these other conferences? I don't know. That's not the argument I'm trying to make. But what I'm trying to say is, they consistently weather storms that involved other teams' best shot, or prospectively other teams' best shot. And I don't – should that be taken into consideration? I don't know. I mean, not to say that, like, Ohio State doesn't get everybody's best shot in the Big Ten, but it's the Big yeah. Ten. It's it's right. old man football. It's raisins and potato salad football. It's terrible. <laughs> but that's uh, – but they've, like they've, they've had to endure everybody's best shot for 15 years now. And – I think that that should bring some legitimacy to it is all I'm trying to say. I agree to an extent. Um, but the problem is you're talking about, um, you know, this season. And in the Mountain West, um, honestly, I don't, I, I don't know if they're going to play another ranked team all year. I mean, there's still half the season to, to play out. We'll see what teams, you know, end up actually being good and, and winning a lot of games and who doesn't. But honestly, man, from the Mountain West right now, I think there's only really two teams that I think have a chance to even crack the top 25, and it's Hawaii and, honestly, Wyoming. I mean, I, dude, if, if Wyoming goes to San Diego State and wins, wins their next two games after that at home, and they're sitting at 7-1, and one, I, will, I will consider putting them in the top 25. Because, I mean, let's be real. Wyoming has the best non-conference win right now in the Mountain West. Uh, their, their win over Missouri – 
who's receiving votes in the AP poll, by the way, it's better than Florida yep. State's. And that will depend. That will depend, obviously, on how how well Missouri does because Missouri's got to keep yep. winning for that win to keep looking better and better for uh, Wyoming. But honestly, man, I don't. Other than maybe Hawaii right now, I, I don't know. You know, if, if any team's going to be in the top twenty-five, is going to give them enough substance for them to realistically, um, you know, make a run at the at the uh, at the top four spots in the playoff rankings. Um, again, and that's why I say if you're if you're a Boise State fan, man, you are Gold Knowles all the way right now. Yeah, no, you're you're not wrong. They, and that's it's probably a tired argument, but that's the best thing for the Mountain West is it with those non-conference wins is for those teams to keep winning. It, it right. just to to prove to everybody how good those wins were because they're a Group of Five program or their Group of Five conference. They're always going to have their doubters, so. Yeah. The the best thing in their case is for the teams that they beat because the Mountain West did have a really good non conference season, is for yeah. the teams that they beat to prosper in conference time. Yeah, and again, we'll see kind of how you know there's still more than half a season to play out. So you know maybe some of these teams will will start you know winning again and and uh, you know make some of these uh, Boise State wins if Boise State does beat them look better, but. Uh, you know, Fresno State's, you know, I think they've already got two losses. Granted, they're, they're power five losses, but, um, you know, I don't know if they're as, as good. Obviously, when you, you know, lose a Marcus McMarion at quarterback, and uh, I think they're taking a step back. And then Utah State's another team that, um, frankly, that I've, you know, has sort of been a uh, – has, hasn't looked as good as I thought they would be. I mean, I thought they were had the potential to be a top 25 team. I, I voted for – I put them at 25 in my preseason AP poll, and – you know, I, I know LSU's LSU, and they went down there last week, and they weren't going to win that game. But, um, right. I mean, for them to just get their doors blown off and then, um, you know, to, to – to, uh, you know, they didn't look great against San Diego State. Uh, you know, they won that game by six and, um, you know, lost to uh, to Wake Forest. And I know some of those are some power five team. But, you know, with, with a, a guy at quarterback in Jordan Love that is getting some, some buzz as a potential first-round draft pick next year, it just – I don't know, man. It, it, they haven't looked like I thought they would look, and they, I, you know, I picked them in the preseason to uh, win the uh, Mountain West Mountain Division, and uh, I, I don't think that's gonna. I think Boise State's gonna, gonna win it uh, at this point, but um, yeah, I don't. I, I just, I, I'm not sure the Mountain West is gonna end up being as strong as maybe everybody thought it was at the at the beginning of the year. I mean, we'll, we'll see, but it's sort of trending in the opposite direction, but. Um, you know, another interesting thing about these rankings, too, um, is the fa- I mentioned there's, there's four uh, group of five teams in, in the AP poll. Uh, three of those are from the American Conference. And the highest-ranked team is SMU at 6-0. and And what I wonder, no. about, the, what I wonder about that is, uh, do you, is it possible if SMU were to run the table, if SMU and Boise State both ran the table, because you've got other te- ranked teams right now um, in the in the poll that SMU is going to play from the American, like Memphis. Uh, I know they're going to play them, and then Tulane's another team that didn't make the poll, but they're getting votes. Um, you know, it, let's say SMU and Boise State both went undefeated, and the the and the teams that SMU beat in the American, like a Memphis or Tulane or whoever, won out the rest of their games and did enough to at least be in the t- still be in the top 25 by the end of the year. And SMU is sitting there with a couple of, of ranked wins on their resume, and Boise State doesn't have any. 
wonder if Boise or if SMU might have the potential to jump Boise State and be the highest ranked group of five and get the New Year Six bid. If you know, at the least, that'd be that's 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 something to watch. No, and, and you and I were talking a little bit before we st- we hit record that SMU is a fun team to watch, and they've yeah they've. We and I know we talked a little bit on Twitter, and we talked a little bit before about SMU's last win and having to come back and come from behind, and you know that one, Tulsa a little a little bit of chokey Rooney there, but it but they found a way to win the game, and that's that's simply what it takes for the, what it takes to survive in college football anymore is just finding a way to win, and it's similar to what UCF did a couple of years ago. Was it last year or the year before where? They played Memphis like they played Memphis once in the regular season. Memphis was ranked. They played them again in the championship game in the conference championship game, and Memphis was ranked again. And they just found a way to win both of those games. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you've you have multiple la- top. Tw- that was last year. Yeah, last year. So, so that you had multiple top twenty-five wins, and you and I think again, not to rehash the same argument, but UCF was the best non power five team last year so they you know yeah. whatever so and if s and if all plays out like the scenario you, you played out and like what could legitimately happen smu would in, in no doubt in my mind smu should jump boise in that position i mean it's kind of not on boise's fault because none of the teams you know their resume didn't play out the way that they it should have and that's not the player's fault but yeah that's just the world we live in you know yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Because uh, one note about SMU's 6-0 record right now, they do. They, it, one of those is over a Power 5 team, too. They beat TCU. So they both have a Power 5 win. Uh, and, it, yeah, it, it, it's, and it, it's, in, it's interesting to talk about, uh, uh, you know, intrigue and some drama, uh, you know, uh, around some group of five teams in the polls, and we not be including uh, uh, Central Florida in that uh, – in that discussion since they uh, lost for the second time uh, over the weekend. So, anyway, uh, I think somebody said on this podcast uh, a few weeks ago that uh, they didn't think Central Florida was going to have the staying power that Central Florida thought it was. But, hey, I digress. We won't get into that. Um, hey, hey, hey <laughs> my guy. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, it's, I mean, definitely something to watch. That that it's It's interesting. It's just interesting that Boise State is – is that high? Uh, again, I think the the first uh, college football playoff rankings, I think they come out the, either the end of October or the first of November. I can't remember. But be interesting to see if they're still undefeated at that point where the, the committee puts them. And then, uh, you know, if, if one of these American teams, whether it's SMU or Memphis, because Memphis is undefeated right now and they play each other, um, you know, if one of them goes undefeated and they end up having a – the uh, ranked uh, win on their resume, or rank, or two ranked wins, you know, with uh, the American uh, sort of uh, looking like the strongest uh, group of five conference right now. Just be interesting to see how all that shakes out, but certainly interesting uh, here at the middle of the season. Yeah, or it'll be interesting to see if they just rather favor their power five brethren. We'll we'll wait and see. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm sure they will do that. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I think we can uh, we can go ahead and wrap it up there. We will have uh, complete coverage uh, throughout the week at uh, trib.com, postauthority.com, leading up to Saturday's game, and then 
Um, stay locked in to trib.com, pokestory.com on Saturday. Um, I don't I know that game's not going to be in until about uh, after midnight here in Mountain Time Zone. So I don't know. Most of you people uh, probably uh, won't be reading anything till uh, Sunday morning, uh, later Sunday morning anyway. So, But we will have uh, complete coverage from Wyoming's game against San Diego State. Um, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Pokes Authority at Wild Varsity. You can follow me on Twitter at Davis E. Potter. You can also follow Brady on Twitter at Brady Oltmans. This podcast is on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean, so be sure to uh, like it, uh, follow along, download it, and uh, give us that five-star rating. Um, Brady, I appreciate you coming on and talking with me as always. Appreciate all of you guys for coming on and listening. We'll catch up with you guys again next week. Bye.